I'm a pastor of a small church, so I know how to move my own podium. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. He's worthy of the praise. Wherever I am, I'll praise him whenever I can. I'll praise him for his love surrounds me like the sea. I'll praise the name of Jesus. Lift up the name of Jesus for the name of Jesus lifted me. Wherever I am, I'll praise him whenever I can. I'll praise him for his love surrounds me like the sea. I'll praise the name of Jesus. Lift up the name of Jesus for the name of Jesus lifted me. Everybody ought to know. Everybody ought to know. Everybody ought to know. Who Jesus is. Everybody ought to know. Everybody ought to know. Everybody ought to know. Who Jesus is. He's the lily of the valley. He's the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of ten thousands. Everybody ought to know. So wherever I am, I'll praise him whenever I can. I'll praise him for his love surrounds me like the sea. I'll praise the name of Jesus, lift up the name of Jesus, for the name of Jesus lifted me. If Jesus lifted you, won't you give him some praise right now? He's worthy of the praise. He's worthy of the glory. He's worthy of the honor. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. First, I want to give honor to God who is my life. I want to give honor to President Hagen and his wife in their absence. I want to give honor to all the deans of all the colleges, in particular my own dean, uh, Bill Tibbetts. I want to give honor to all the faculty and staff and in particular to the COBET staff. We give honor to you. We want to give honor to all the students here. Amen? We want to give honor to you. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we thank you for your goodness, your grace, and your mercy. We thank you, Lord, for your love and kindness. We thank you for being so good. Lord, we thank you for allowing us to see another day. 
God, I ask that you'll take me out of the way and you have your way. I must decrease while you increase. Speak your words to these, your people. And Lord, we'll be careful to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. I'm so happy to know that God confirms his word. The gentleman that came up here earlier, he spoke about the parable of the lost coin, the lost sheep, and the lost son. The topic of my message today is a father's unfailing love. And my scripture passage is coming from Luke chapter 15, verse 11 through 23. And I'm going to read through this passage. And he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain wish filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to, and to spare, and I perish with hunger? And I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before thee, and I'm no more worthy to be called thy son." Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe And put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf, and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. As I said, I'm so glad when God confirms his word. As I was preparing for this message, at Thanksgiving dinner, my, bo- my daughter talked about how she got a revelation. She said she wasn't vibing with the Father. She wasn't vibing with the Father. She could vibe with Jesus, but she couldn't vibe with the Father. And so the Lord led her to John 14, and as she read through it, she saw that Jesus said, I and the Father are one. So I want to share today with you about a father's unfailing love. And I'd like to leave time to do altar work for three things. Number one is for those that desire to be saved. Number two, 
for those that are dealing with intense depression and anxiety. And number three, for a father's love. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a human father's love because I recognize we're living in a day and age where some of us have challenges with our own fathers. Me growing up, I had some challenges with my own dad. And I don't understand why that is the case. Where many occasions where children, kids, just have difficulties relating to their dads. I want to take this opportunity to pray for those three things. Also, yeah, the fourth thing, healing. For healing. If you need healing in your body, I will cut this message short just so that I'll have the opportunity to do some altar work. In Luke 15, Jesus is responding to an accusation by the Pharisees and the scribes. Luke 15, 2 says, And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. And he spake this parable unto them. He spake this parable unto them. Recognize the parable in Luke 15 is one parable. We can see this chapter as one parable selected in sectioned in three parts. In Luke 15, 3 through 10, Jesus speaks of the lost sheep and the lost coin. In Luke 15, verse 11 through 32, Jesus speaks of the lost son. Each part of the parable illustrates an increasing severity of loss. Of the sheep, 1% was lost. Of the coins, 10% was lost. Of the sons, 50% was lost. The parable represents God the Father as a father to all mankind, to the whole family of Adam. Can I get an amen? We are all his offspring. We are all created by him. In him we live and move and have our being. Jesus brings this parable to a climax by emphasizing the love of a father. God the Father loves us and his love is unfailing. There are four points I would like to address. We are unworthy of God the Father's love. Number two, God the Father's love is merciful. Number three, God the Father's love is reconciling. Number four, God the Father's love is life-giving. We are unworthy of God the Father's love. Verse 18, I will arise and go to my Father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. And I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. When the lost son came to his senses, he recognized that he was in a state of sin and that it was sin that had put him in that condition. He realized he had sinned against God first and then against his father. The lost son suffered the consequences of sin as a result of his rebellious behavior. You know, I asked the Lord, why would you want me to preach this message? I wanted to preach something nice and easy and relaxing. But I kept on getting confirmations that he wanted me to share this message. And so it's going to come strong, but I want you to bear with me. Because I'm going to emphasize God's love in this message. 
let's take a look at the progressive and increase in damage sin can bring in a person's life. In verse 11, and he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. A sinful condition starts with selfishness. Give me the portion of goods, Dad. I'm grown now. I want my money. In those days, a father could grant the inheritance before or after his death. But the younger son is asking for a special exception. He's essentially saying to his father, I consider you to be dead, so give me my money now. I'm grown. I need my money. I want to go and do what I want to do. I want to live my life. Give me my inheritance. Give me my independence. This is essentially what the son was saying to the father. Verse 13, and not many days after, the son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there wasted his substance with riotous living. A sinful condition is a separation and distance from God. He went into a far country. Can somebody say far country? He went into a far country. He went as far away from his father as he could. A sinful condition is a wasteful and spendful. He wasted his substance, the scripture says. It costs money to live in sin. To buy drugs, it costs money. To buy alcohol, it costs money. To pay for a prostitute, it costs money. To buy pornographic materials, it costs money. To call the psychic hotline. Do we still do that today? It costs money. To go to the casino, it costs money. To pay for the hotel room, it costs money. When one is in sin, they waste the physical, intellectual, and spiritual gifts that God gives them. A sinful condition is a condition of recklessness and loose living, riotous living. It's a wasteful kind of living. It's a hard kind of living. And the son got into this kind of living. A sinful condition is a condition of want. It's a state of continual dissatisfaction. He began to be in want. Once he got into the far country and began to practice a riotous living, the scripture says that he got into a place of want. A sinful condition will bring about ungodly alliances. He joined himself to a citizen of that country. That's the imagery of joining himself to the world, joining himself to the enemy. He joined himself, and look at this. When we join ourselves to the world, when we join ourselves to the enemy, he will send us into the field. Sent this Jewish boy to feed pigs. 
And he ultimately found himself eating the pig food. He will send you, the world will send you to a place of shame and embarrassment. A sinful condition is a condition of shameful embarrassment, servitude. From riotous living to servile living. From prince to pauper. Are you with me today? Pigs were considered unclean by Jews in Leviticus 11.7. And there could no more be disgusting profession than to, pee, than to feed pigs. Imagine the stench. Imagine the smell. Again, this was a Jewish boy. Jews had no dealings with pigs. You see, when we join ourselves to someone that's ungodly, we'll find ourselves doing things we never did before. Am I talking to anyone here? Hallelujah. Verse 17, and when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? A sinful condition is a condition of insanity and frenzy. Insanity is said to be in the hearts of sinners. You don't believe me? Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 3. This is an evil in all that is done under the sun. That there is one fate for all men. Furthermore, the hearts of the sons of men are full of evil and insanity is in their hearts throughout their lives. Afterwards, they go to the dead. The prodigal son had to have been in some state of insanity. To, hit, to leave the comfort and the security of his own dad. To go into a world. This is revealed in that expression. When he came to himself which indicates that he had been beside himself. Oftentimes when we hear about someone being in a backslidden condition, we make the statement, what were they thinking? How could they leave the love and the comfort, the grace and the mercy and the goodness and the provision of Jesus? Has anybody ever said that? When you hear about someone that has backslided, what were they thinking? It's a form of insanity. A sinful condition is a condition of death. He was perishing from hunger. He was literally dying of hunger. He was starving. No one, no one wanted to give him anything. Imagine now he comes with all this money, all this inheritance, and he has all the friends in the world. But then when his money runs out, he has no friends. He had, to, he had got to a place where he did not even consider himself to be worthy of being a son. His own claims of his self-worth vanished. He was willing to occupy the lowest position in the father's house. Sincere repentance leads to humility and consecration. He recognized he would have to humble himself to come back to his father's house. His father showed him mercy. Hallelujah. His father showed him mercy. God the father's love is merciful. 
The father ran and fell on his son's neck, signifying God's forgiveness of sinners. To be saved, men must return to God, assuming the guilt and shame of their disobedience to themselves and receiving the righteousness of God. And then committing all their interests for time and eternity to his love, his care, and his guidance. God is a merciful God. Can you just say amen for that? He's a God that's merciful. He's a God that's long-suffering. He will never, he will never leave us nor forsake us. In his merciful love, God is long-suffering. In his merciful love, God is compassionate. In his merciful love, God is abiding. Zephaniah 3.17 says, The Lord your God is with you. His power gives you victory. The Lord will take delight in you. And in his love, he will give you new life. He will sing and be joyful over you. Aren't you so glad that you have a God that will sing and be joyful over you? In his merciful love, God is personal. He touches us at a point of our need. His cleansing touch, his quieting touch, his illuminating touch, his reassuring touch, his healing touch, his liberating touch. When the father saw his son and he ran to meet him halfway, he hugged the son and kissed him on his neck. I can only imagine the son exhaling. I'm back with my dad. He was liberated. He, this, the touch was liberating. The father's love is reconciling. The best robe is traditionally reserved for the head of the family. The ring that the father gives his son represents his power over the servants, while the sandals represented freedom. He was no longer a servant. The father, but the family, but not the servants, wear sandals. For very special occasions or feasts, wealthy families would slaughter a calf fattened by milk or wheat. The lost son was perfectly reconciled. The lost son was perfectly restored. The, first, the lost son was perfectly brought back into a right relationship with the father. In wearing the best robe, he was restored. In wearing the ring, he was put in a place of honor. Recognize, saints, that to be a born-again believer is a place of honor. Man, I could get more amens than that. It's a place of honor. It's a privilege. It's an honor to know Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. It's an honor to have him love us. It's an honor to be with him. It's an honor for him to walk with us and talk with us and tell us that we are his own. It's an honor. In wearing the sandals, he was free. I got shoes, you got shoes, all God's children got shoes. That's the imagery of freedom. The, 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 the prodigal son, after coming back, he came back barefooted. And, and the father said, get him some sandals. He's no longer 
a slave. Get some shoes on his feet. In eating the fattest calf, he was brought to a place of celebration and joy. Reconciliation refers to a transformation in the sinner's character that makes him stop being God's enemy and trust and love him. Both parties change from enmity to fellowship. They change from enmity to friendship. I'm so glad that Jesus is my friend. How about you? He's my friend. He's my friend that sticketh closer than a brother. He's my friend. Both parties, from enmity to fellowship. When Jesus died, God reconciled us. But God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5.8. Aren't you so glad that while we were yet in our sinful condition, Jesus gave his life at Calvary's cross. His body was broken. The blood was shed and he did it for each and every one of us. The father loved us so much that he sent his only begotten son so that who should ever believe him, receive him, accept him, should have everlasting life. And God loved us that much that while we were yet in our sinful condition... Christ died for us. He died for us. I got five minutes. In God's reconciling love, the backslider or sinner can be restored to a right relationship with God. In God's reconciling love, the sinner or backslider can be restored to a place of honor. In God's reconciling love, the sinner or backslider can be free. The slaves does not remain in the house forever. The son does remain forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. You will be free indeed. And I want to say to you today that those of you that know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and yet you still feel like you are in bondage, I want to say to you today that you are free. You can have liberty. You can have freedom. And we're going to pray about that today. Hallelujah. In God's reconciling love, the backslider or sinner can have joy. I can have joy in the midst of sadness, in the midst of grief, in the midst of loss. I can have joy because, you see, the joy of the Lord is my strength. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou wilt show me the path of life, and in thy presence is fullness of joy. And at the right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Let me ask you a question. Who sits on the right hand side of the Father? Come on, talk back to me. Who sits on the right hand side of the Father? And there are pleasures forevermore. Pleasures, pleasures, joy, hope, deliverance, peace. Pleasures forevermore. God the Father's love is life-giving. 
Luke 15, 24, for his, this son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. I realize that this message is not a shouting message, as we would say in the black church. But this is a contemplative message. I see that some of you are sitting quiet and some of you are thinking. Maybe it's not you, but maybe it's your, your friend that's in a backslidden condition. I know that the Lord had me to share this message today because somebody sitting here needs to know Jesus as their Savior. You see, by nature, I'm an evangelist, and so I will preach an evangelistic message, message when I'm not preaching at home. And so if you need to be saved today, if you need to know Jesus today, based on what we have shared in this message, the opportunity is made available to you. I do not take it as for granted because we are a Christian university that everybody is saved. I come to understand that some of you were forced to come here. Hello. Your parents may have graduated from here, and, and it's, you're going to North Central no matter what. I recognize that. And so, based on what I've shared, recognize a sinful condition as a condition of lost. But the Father loves us. He loves us. Rolando, could you stand up for a second? He loves us. Go in the center right there. The son is coming home. Go all the way back there. Go all the way back there. The son is coming home. And the father is looking for his son. Father is always looking. Recognize if you're in that position of sin, he's looking for you. He's been looking for you. He's standing there looking for you. He sees the son coming. The father gets excited. He runs to him and gives him a hug and kisses his neck. Kisses his neck. Hallelujah. I can't imagine how that son must thank you, Roland. I can't imagine how that son must have felt to see his father come, hug and kiss his neck. I got one minute. Oh, my minute is up. Even before he confessed, he was accepted. This is an important point to emphasize. When we confess, repentance is a sign that we are sincere. And God knows we are sincere when he sees us actually turn from our wicked ways. He forgives when we repent and truly desire his forgiveness. Go ahead, music uh, band. You can go ahead and play. This is why the father rushes to meet his son. The son had returned to the father from the far country. The father's eyes were merciful. Despite everything he had witnessed, he desired to show kindness. The father's eyes was merciful. Heart was merciful. He felt compassion for his son and tried to reach out to him. The father's feet was merciful. He wished to hurry, meet, and accompany his son from home. The father's arms were merciful. He yearned to comfort the son by embracing him and carrying along himself, alongside him. The father's lips was merciful. He desired to show the son all the love and compassion of a real father as he welcomed his son. If Roland was my actual son, I would have kissed him on his neck. 
I don't know how Rolando would have reacted to that, so I didn't kiss him on his neck. He showed with his lips, and I close with this verse. John 10 and 10, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that you might have life, that you might have life, that you might have life, and that more abundantly. The son was restored and brought back into a right relationship with the father. He had life. He exhaled and I want to share with you today, if you need prayer if, for the four things or if the Lord has spoken to you in this message, I want you to come to the altar right now. If you need to be saved, come to the altar. If you're struggling with depression and anxiety, come to the altar. If you need to, uh, your relationship with your father mended, if you want God to do something in that relationship, come to the altar. If you need healing in your body, Come to the altar. Come on. I recognize I'm pretty imposing figure, and sometimes when I do this, folks come. Come to the altar. Come to the altar. Anybody need to be saved today? Anybody need to be healed today? Anybody need to be delivered today? Come to the altar. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody need a breakthrough in their life today? Come to the altar. Thank you, Jesus. You need a breakthrough. Come to the altar. I'd ask some of the professors that are here, if you would, join me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you need to be saved today, I want you to raise your hand. If you need to be saved today, I want you to raise your hand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Lord, touch right now. Why did you say?